Have you been enjoying the adventures of our characters in Rumble Squad and Serviceable Plots? Or getting into the nitty-gritty rules for 5th edition? Support us on Patreon. By contributing as little as $1 a month, you'll get to hear exclusive content and updates before anyone else. Our higher-level patrons get access to DMs notes, outtakes from our episodes, and even a chance to add an item or NPC to a D&D Raw episode. Yes, you can hear our silly, out-of-character shenanigans, and even cause some of your own by influencing the story. Our producer-tier patrons listen to our audio before anyone else to give feedback and shape the final episode. We want to give a special thanks to our producer-tier patron, Matt Fry, for serving as a producer on this episode. We also want to thank our adventure-tier and above patrons for their support this month. So thank you, Feral Joe, Grimfuse, and a Linux fan. To join this list of outstanding people, go to patreon.com slash dndraw. By joining our patrons, you enable us to dedicate more time to creating episodes. And if you're not able to support D&D Raw on Patreon, we would love it if you leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you. Next week will be Rumble Squad, episode 23. Join us now for Serviceable Plots, episode 23. Get out of your own head, dingus. With me today are the following players. Hi, I'm Bethany, and I'll be playing Belinda Walsingham, the half-elf awakened mystic. Hi, I'm Adam, and I will be playing Akiva Khonshu, the Shadar Kai Hexblade Warlock. Hi, I'm Mike, and I'll be playing Scrib Whitecliff, the human mastermind rogue. Hi, I'm Giuseppe, and I'll be playing Valen Blackwater, an Azimar monk paladin. Last time, Scriv and Akiva competed in the 2v2 competition and won first place. Then, while Valen was conversing with his old friend Armand, Belinda took Scriv and Akiva to meet up with a sketchy artificer contact of hers that may have some information on the amulet from the ruins of Silverkeep. The artificer, Zalvador, promised to acquire useful information. However, the party would have to collect the schematics for a bracelet that was said to be in development by some artificer working for one of the noble families of Orenthal. After agreeing to terms, the party then prepared to head to the Cataclysm Tournament. You find a pretty good crowd around the area. Lots of different tables set up on a very large platform. I'm gonna be honest, I did not expect this many people here for a board game tournament. There's not as many as there was for the fights. On this raised platform, you see this male half-orc kind of organizing things and pointing people and looking at a clipboard that he has. Belinda? Your dad is at one of the tables. Yeah, I will go over to greet my father. Belinda, is uh, your friend Scriv all set, ready to go? You talked me into coming to play. I'm excited to go against him. Are you going to leave your ego behind if Scriv beats you? Please. If he can beat me, I would be so happy for him. I mean, I'm not going to hold anything back against him. Of course, he needs to beat me off of his skill, truly. He honestly wouldn't want anything else. Yeah, he likes a challenge, and I know you're... Even if you're a little rusty, as you claimed, I know you'll you'll do well. Oh, I have to give it a try. This is always a lot of fun. Test your mind against another. Well, good luck. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just excited to get it started. You know, jitters right before the game. All right. Well, I think Scriv's checking in. Kiba, you want to go find a place to sit? Yeah. We'll swing by Scriv, who's checking in, I guess, with the half-orc. Yes, I know the difference between a Gerdus and a Thoven. I'm sorry, just, you know, we need to make sure 100%. They did that when I had to sign up, too. Yeah, well, we may make sure the person that signed up is the same person that's actually 
playing. I'm guessing an incident happened? It was a few years back. Someone wrote in their name, they came in, and they talked about it, and then they were busy doing something, so they tried to have someone else take their place, but they had no idea how to play the game, so... Table 17, down that way. Right, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. This is going to depend on a little bit of what you want to do. Basically, each round will be three different roles, and you can choose what you want to do. A sleight of hand, but that could get you in trouble. Or an intelligence with proficiency. So, essentially, there are four different types of gambits. Offensive, defensive, bluff, and testing. Yes. Then there's no material loss, light loss, or all in. Okay. Opening move as you sit down across from this halfling. What side am I on? Roll a d10. Two. You're on white side. Okay. I'll open with a Belgrade Gambit, which is mostly laying out a front line of pikemen. Go ahead and roll either intelligence with proficiency or sleight of hand. Intelligence for now. Ten. You see in the initial focus, you are starting to get defensive. He goes into an offensive maneuver, focusing on Zane's glory really early on and starts to break through a lot of the defenses that you have. I want to counter with a Gerdus's Blessing. It's a defensive gambit. It should get me some space, but that requires for me to get out my Gerdus, which I don't have on the board now, which means that I'm going to need to use Sleight of Hand. Roll Sleight of Hand. 14. You are able to slip the Gerdus onto the board, having to see it just appear in your hand when you reach into your bag, and you are able to get a bit of space between the initial onslaught of strikes that the Halfling had done to you, and you have a bit of breathing room now. Grim Sacrifice. Still defensive, but I'm putting my pieces on the line and hoping to draw them out. That's going to be an intelligence check. That is a 21. As you begin Grim Sacrifice, you notice an opening and an initial bluff that the halfling tries to do, but it completely decimates his tiles, giving you a clear shot at Zenath. Final push. Taking the board. Yeah. There's no way he can stop you. You're able to take his Zenath piece and win your first round. So, in your next round, you are coming up to a dwarf. You did see Roland won his match. How easily did he win? Rather quickly. Scriv, roll a d10. Two again. Then you are white again. Okay. I'm going to open up with an apocalypse attack. Offensive, all in, see if maybe I can uh, cause them to panic. Roll your int check. That is an 11. You're able to catch them off guard, though, start to press their, lose a lot of their tiles very fast, but they're trying to, holding you off a bit. They put up a very strong defensive Olar's castle to try and hold you off. You press them quickly, but they definitely seemed like they were going for a defensive stance from the get-go as well. Yeah, and I need to disrupt that. If I'm able to pull out a Perrin, I might be able to get past the front line and put them in checkmate. Gonna be a sleight of hand. That it is. 23. A parent appears on the field, and in no time, you have a clear shot and are able to take the board. Right. Not even needing the third roll. That was <laughs> that was very aggressive for Screw. I think he went for the shock and awe tactic. Yeah, I guess he uh, was trying to see what his opponent would respond to. Roland moves on, but he is not facing you yet. I give him a, a little bit of a smile and a wave. Smiles and waves back. Next challenger against you, Scriv, is a half-orc. Not the half-orc, but a half-orc. Who comes up and is ready to go. Roll a d10. Four. White. Still white. Can I do insight to see if maybe I can tell what he'll 
go, whether offensive or defensive. Go for it. That's a 10. Not sure. A little hard to read. Then I'll just go defensive. I'll use a Solana defense. Just lay out a bunch of footmen and hope that the staggered lines prevent him from building up. Roll your intelligence. 17. You start to build up the fence. He initially tries to go for a bluff to try and get you to attack, thinking that you were going to go on the offensive, and he starts losing space very quickly. Okay. So he's clustered up, right? He's clustered up. All right. If I'm able to get a Barax out, I should be able to do an area attack and clear out a lot of his pieces, opening the way. I'm going to need to pull out a Barax. All right. Roll sleight of hand. 22. Again, Scriv just finds the piece he needs and you clear about half of his tiles and have a very weakened space. He is going to go on an offensive against you. He's holding. I'm going to try an accelerated dragon. I cleared out a bunch of units. He's going on the offensive. If I counter with my own offensive, he should be overwhelmed. That's an eight. But he rolled a nat one. Oh! So while you initially were focusing on the defensive to try and finish him off. He thought you were going to go in a different route and defended the wrong spot as you pushed through and took out his enough. So this is the semi-final round. Okay. So you are going up against Roland. <gasps> this is the only way it could be. He sits down and he goes, well, I'm really glad you got this far, Scriv. I've been really wanting to see what you can do. Yeah, it's been a good set of games and I want to see what you're about. And the Emperor Kiva, this is the worst trash talk I've ever heard in my life. Even I am trash talk better than this. Roll another die, just for the 50-50 shot. I'm Draconic side. Accelerated Dragon, immediately go on the offensive. Okay. Roll your int. Oh no, Scriff's panicking. Nine. You immediately go on the offensive, but he just shatters it. You basically are hitting a wall. He is putting up his grim sacrifice off the get-go, and you're just not getting through. Can I lean over to Belinda? Can you send him a message? Get out of your own head, dingus. <laughs> okay, I-, I will do that. I will telepathically say, from your good friend Akiva, get out of your own head, dingus. Akiva, I-, I think I got it right. I think it was spot on. Take a moment, recenter, see if I can get a read on Roland. Okay, roll your insight. 18. Studying him. He's smiling the whole way through. He's focused. You can tell he's definitely going for an offensive off of one of the sides. I need to draw a Dragonborn so that I can put down an Olar's castle. It's got to be a bit overly cautious, but he has me on the ropes right now. All right, roll your sleight of hand. That's a 13. He is pushing you back. He is still able to get the pieces he needs through, but he's quickly like just overwhelming you and focused on that side, and he's holding the line there. He hasn't pushed through your defenses yet. Okay, I'm going to have to do a Grim Sacrifice and see if maybe I can pull something out. And that is a 10. He not 20 Oh! <gasps> oh! Yep. Just a clean sweep. As you build up the defenses, he hits in the corners where Grim Sacrifice has... It's the weakest part of the line. He just happened to have positioned himself just right to be able to strike and open up to yours enough. Oh. And that's game. You see him, like, wipe his forehead a bit. He really challenged me there, Scriv. That was a good match. That's pretty polite of you, Mr. Roland, but... You got to the semifinals, Scriv. That's not polite. You're good at this. Keep it going. Thank you. And I will gracefully step off the stage. And he says, I'll see you later then. Yep. I'm going to lead over to Akiva. Maybe we shouldn't have said the dingus thing. 
Well, that's the problem. Even I notice it when we play Cataclysm, sometimes he gets too caught up. Roland dominated in the final round. But isn't it better to lose to the winner than to lose to the runner-up? I'm in third place? Yeah. So that's something. We're good. Yeah. All right. So this group join us. I'm probably waiting until the competition is done. I watched the game, though, so. You watch Roland. Clean sweep. It seemed like there's no competition in the final match as he just dominates it. Why did he ever stop playing? We make our way down to script, by the way. What must it be like just to win so handily, to just see your opponents and their moves and know the exact counter? I think you could definitely get to his level. I think you got way too hung up on your nerves. Maybe. You did a good job. You did real good. Third place out of 40 contestants? Yeah. Plus, let's be real here. From where we were sitting, you should have been second place considering how easily he sweeped the floor with second place. I don't think that's helping, Akiva. (laughs) I'm a little disappointed, but it doesn't bother me as much as I thought it would. I mean, even Elizabeth was good, but not that level. Not many people are that good. I have a new goal. Return next year. Yes. I think that's a worthy goal. He's a good challenger, and I think he'd enjoy the game. I'm going to go congratulate him. Is he surrounded by hordes of adoring geeks? I mean, several adoring geeks, but he does, like, break away as soon as he sees you approach, though. It's like, ah, well, uh, what is that, four years now? Give or take, yeah. I do miss the game. And between you and me, Scriff provided a much tougher challenge than the last guy. Yeah, no, I know he wanted to win, but I I think he was pretty happy with how he performed. And, of course, I kind of figured you might win. I mean, it's been some time, but... I haven't lost all my skill yet. Yeah, yeah, you can't waste that nonsense on me. <laughs> Once a champion, it always, it doesn't go away. I do miss it. I do. But, I mean, I, I can't come in every year, and Scriff's first time in this competition, I mean, if he won immediately, it might bore him of the game. You want to come say hi to him? I'd love to. All right, I'll bring him over. <laughs> Roland approaches with Belinda and extends his hand. That was an excellent game, Scriff. That was a wonderful use of Barak's gambit. The quick inversion. Thank you. I uh, always get nervous using it. It's a very risky maneuver if things aren't placed quite right. It's just the difference between a bluff and a legitimate all-in, and you did it masterfully. Thank you. I'll be back next year, and I'm going to try and beat you. I look forward to it. He is smiling like ear-to-ear smile. Yes, I'm grinning. All right, I guess we'll be seeing you for dinner shortly. Yes, I need to go get changed for going to the regent seats and all that. You know how it is. Mm-hmm. So do we, yeah. what I've been told. He kind of looks at you, Akiva's like, you got to uh, one of the competitions. Yeah, yeah. Did you win? Yes. Excellent. Doesn't he look like he won? He looks rather beat up, but he is standing. Yeah, actually, Scriv was just as much of a cause for winning as I was with this. Any sort of, like, composure that I had is broken immediately. No, no, it... It was all Akiva. He's the one who took the hits. I just stood in the back and shot people with my bow. I can take as many hits as I want if nobody else is there to follow through. Okay, this mutual admiration society is too much. They en- they entered and won the 2v2. That can be a tough competition. It was. I thought they might die. Well, people don't usually die in that competition. He winks, by the way. <laughs> I'll say to Roland, the Red Men approached them about some work. Oh, well, they're a good mercenary group out there. They do a lot of good work for the Empire. Yeah, I guess we'll see what happens. They pay pretty well from what I've heard. And I know Valen has had some dealings with them in the past, so and he seems to think highly of them. 
Yeah, Phelan's uh, off meditating at the temple or he'd be here. He has some stuff to work through. Oh, okay. Very good. So you could tell Mother just to expect three of us. Very good. Now, before Akiva decides to spill any more personal secrets, I want to go to a bathhouse. I'm tired. I am sore. Okay. So you guys are able to find a bathhouse. How fancy are you going for the bathhouse? Maybe not, like, frou-frou fancy, but, like, comfortable towels. Okay. One that's pretty comfortable you can find for five silver. Where are you going, Belinda? I'm fine. She hasn't been sweating. I literally have just walked around today and talked okay. to people. You guys were the ones that were in the fight. So yeah, I'm good. I will hold your stuff. Okay, cool. So we get bathed and then get into our formal wear. Oh, it's called the Honeysuckle Bathhouse. Well, you are all getting ready for your dinner with General Walsingham. Valen, you would be getting to your second competition of the day, the 1v1 competition. So we're going to jump over to that. It's in the same temple. Things have been clearly cleaned up and put back together a bit. As you head down, you notice again seven other combatants. For this competition, there is a female gnome who's wearing like some distinctive jewelry that takes your name. Her name is Orla. As she starts to get everything down, Phelan. All right. So again, kind of looks around. You won earlier. You won the wrestling match. Nice work. Good fights. Thank you. I was in the audience. Okay. I assume you know the drill. You can take that chest over there and we'll get you all set up. Great. Thank you. No problem. Looking around, you notice a mostly human. Then you do notice a triton kind of just in hide armor. A couple humans in splint. And you do notice someone here that's bigger than you in full plate. Oh, joy. Massive figure. Has to be at least eight, if not eight and a half feet tall, and has this great sword on his back. You know, it's by the cross guard, kind of a red, almost eye looking symbol, but beefy and like the armor looks impressive and pretty shiny, like it hasn't actually been used a lot. I'm gonna roll the world's saddest history check to see if I know anything about a symbol. Yeah. 60. The only thing you can know about. That symbol of the eye is from the god of the orcs, Obris. Interesting. So you are going up against the Triton. He's got a chain shirt and a shield and spear. As you are prepared, you are escorted to the arena. You are the second match. You did see in the first one a half-elf face off against this human in hide and the half-elf one with a dual-wielding fighting style that he had. Okay. You notice, since the moment you entered, the figure in plate just kind of watches you most of the time. It seems like he's sizing you up. Well, that's not uncomfortable at all. Okay. As you are called out to your match, you square off against the triton. The gnome comes up and just says, it is till unconscious, till you tap out, and that's about it. Everyone understand? No killing. Non-lethal only. Ready? Ready. Triton just smacks his shield with his spear and gets into a stance as he prepares it. And fight! I'm just gonna go in with an exploratory smack with the quarter stave. I will go in two-handed. 24 to hit. Yeah, that definitely hits. Seven bludgeoning damage. 
Okay, you move in, closing the gap, and take a swing. He tries to bring his shield up, but you smack it down and slam the bottom of the staff into his chest. He coughs up and takes a couple steps back. I will follow up. I will try to snap a kick to him. Another crit for seven damage. So with a quick hit from the core staff, as he kind of stumbles back, you close the gap, bringing your foot up and slamming it down onto his shoulder and neck, and he just crumbles. Wow, okay. So yeah, after a couple of this quick strikes, the fight is yours. Look at the staff. Look at him. Consider using the staff more often. A few herbalists kind of come in and just check him over, and they say he's good, he's stable, and... You are, again, Valen, the victor of round one. And you are escorted out. As you come back in, you notice the plate figure kind of stares at you as you walk back in. Really not feeling strong positive vibes from that. But he walks out into the arena and you watch the fight. You notice, though, the plate figure doesn't draw his sword. He just brings his fists up and slams them into his opponent. In a few rounds, his opponent just goes down. Gonna divine sense it. You don't get fiend, celestial, or undead, and you don't get consecrated or desecrated. Cool. General negative vibes I can handle. As he kind of comes back up, walks a bit closer to you, and just says, I hope that you win your next match. I'd really like to see what you're capable of. I'd absolutely like to pit myself against you if given the opportunity. I'll do my best. The figure, by the way, is covered head to toe in armor. You just notice kind of through the helm he's wearing these bright blue eyes. He walks off into the corner. So in your semi-final match, as you are called up, you see this half-elven dual-wielding figure step into the arena with you. Strategy worked last time. I'm going to lead with a quarter stave. 21. 21 does hit. Seven bludgeoning damage. You move in first again, closing the gap, and slam the staff into his leg. He kind of like stumbles back a little bit, both blades drawn, ready to go. I'll just go for the follow-up. 23. 23 hits. Seven damage. As he kind of stumbles back off the initial strike, you follow it up with a quick kick to his chest and push him back a little bit. He recovers quickly. He's breathing heavy, but he goes in for three quick strikes with his blades. The first one, you deflect. The second one kind of smacks your side with the pommel of his blade. Six points of bludgeoning damage, but as he comes in to do an overhand strike, you catch it with your quarterstaff and deflect it. Yeah, I'm gonna just take the quarterstaff into both hands and go for a bonk on the head. 22 to hit. 22 hits. Big damage, nine. And uh, bonus action. Try to go for the shins, maybe. That's only a 15. As you go and kick, it catches in the armor. He kind of like shoves it aside and goes for his three strikes again. He does one swing, which you block. He goes for kind of a stab with the blade, which you bat aside. And he goes again to try and like smack you with the cross guard of one of his swords. But you bat it in such a way that it catches actually under his chin. And he kind of stumbles back. He does actually take some damage. I gotta press my advantage. 19 to hit. 19 does hit. And bludgeoning it. Nice. How do you want to do it? Let's just say I take the staff and swing it behind his knees and send him down head first to the ground. Quick behind, you trip as his shoulders and, and head kind of smack into the ground hard. He just like lays prone, not moving, breathing. 
as Herbalist comes up and quickly make sure he's stable, give the thumbs up, and again you hear, Valen is the winner! As you come in, the plate figure just kind of says, I was not bad. Well, let's see how you fare against your next opponent. I'll win. I'm sure of it. However, and he continues onto the arena again, doesn't use his greatsword. You do notice the half-elf gets a lot of hits in, but as the plate figure gets some solid hits in, the half-elf just goes down in two heavy punches. Walks back off. Well, I guess it's me and you now. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you need any healing? I'll be fine. I want to fight you at your best. Are you sure? I mean, I'm a little bruised. I think I'll be fine. If you wish. He walks out, steps into the arena, faces off against you. Right before the gnome comes up, he just goes, I'm curious how much Eshenai's backing you. And squares off. That throws me for a loop. The gnome at this point is like, are you ready? I'm ready. She starts to run off. And he just looks. I suppose you should know my name before I beat you, but Mavic Thule. Mavic, it's a pleasure. When you uh, regain consciousness, I want you to make sure you remember. I'm just going to square off. He just holds his stance. I'm just going to probe him. I'm going with the uh, center of mass with the quarterstaff. 24. 24 hits. 11. You move in and take a swing, and it hits him in the stomach. He kind of jerks from the blow. As we'll go in for uh, just a, another kick. 23. Six damage. And you kick and kind of push to give yourself a little bit of distance. And he takes the hit and just looks at you. You kind of see, like, pity in his eyes. Is that really all you've got? We'll give him the uh, Matrix. Come here. Very well. Takes a couple of steps and takes his first big swing. And it hits. You take 19 points of bludgeoning damage. Oh boy. As he slams in and you just feel this pressure in your side as he pushes you back. He hit you with just more force than he really should have been able to. And you see him like he gets ready for another hit and just, really Valen, show me what Eshenai can do. Show me what she's given you. Cast heroism and define favor. Go for it. So I shall. He doesn't do anything on his turn. Great. Just throw the stick down, and I'm going to go lay into him. 19. You swing, and it deflects off his armor. Just go again. It's a 20. You swing, and it bounces off the metal. Is that really all? He's just not doing anything on his turn, so... I'm going to use Radiant Consumption. I'm going to back off him a little bit. So you take a step or two back and just burst with divine energy that fills the area. He takes some damage, you notice. It definitely is burning, but it doesn't take as much as you expected. Well, come on, Valen. You notice, though, as you kind of look at him, those blue eyes, like, have a small shine for a moment on them. Let's try this again. 22 to hit. 22 hits. 11 damage. And I'm feeling antsy. I'm going to flurry of blows. 21 and a 23. 21 and 23 both hit. 18 total. All right, so you move in, punch, slam into his stomach, slam into his side, slam your fist into the side of his head. He takes every hit, then he spits out the side. I do think that really is everything you've got, Valen. And he goes to swing. He hits, 
you take 23 points of damage. Oh yeah, that takes me straight down. As he like kind of grabs you and you're beginning to lose consciousness, he just brings you in close. Archon says hello. And you fall unconscious. Now, jumping over to the rest of you, you guys have now bathed, for those of you that desperately needed it. Yes. But you got into your formal wear and approach the Regent Seat District. Would you like to describe what you look like? I think Scrib would try to keep it as plain as possible. Like, good material, but maybe a couple of seasons out of date. What's the style in Orenthal? Is it, like, really over the top? Like, is it, like, Orlay in Dragon Age? Yes, Orlay. So the clothes are shiny, lots of detail, little filigree, fancy buttons, expensive fabrics. Yes. So basically, I already had this. This is one of my performance costumes. Wait, you're going in one of your performance costumes? Basically, a set of nice trousers, some nice shoes, and then a white button-down shirt that with the sleeves rolled up, and then a vest that matches the color of the pants. I also have over one shoulder a big billowy feathery almost half cape and then a nice rimmed hat with my bird mask on. So you are a bird man. I am a bird man. So you're like dapper plague doctor? Exactly. I'm not gonna lie that is pretty Stalin though. So dapper plague doctor in rust. Exactly. Okay. I literally don't have to pick out clothes. I have a cloak of many fashions. So it's going to become a long purple cloak with gold trim. Nothing too ostentatious, but, you know, classy looking. And I will do my hair in a simple fashion. I normally just have it pulled back, so I will wipe down, brush it. Seems good. I guess let's head out. Okay. You head up to the gates to the Regent seat, where there are several guards standing by with the doors closed. Belinda, you know that any letter that is given to you would have a seal on it. Yes, I have the letter with me. You present it to one of the guards who calls for the opening of the gates and you proceed into the Regency District. In here, there are well-crafted stone houses that are several stories tall, large round windows that are placed symmetrically around the buildings. Now, each of the buildings has a crest of a noble family that's marking the doorways of the estates that represent the districts of Orenthal. Beautifully well-kept gardens surround these estates and simple elegant paths lead to these main doorways. All of these estates encircle the Adamantine Palace, a massive, slightly red and gray stone building in the very center of this district. Beside it, you see a lone black stone wizard tower. Belinda, you know where you need to go, but you are still being escorted by two guards as you walk through the regent seats to one of the Still very nice looking buildings, but definitely simpler and plainer than the noble houses that surround the area. You know, this is where they tend to house most of the highest military officials in Orenthal. You are escorted into the massive double doors, follow a series of hallways in very lavishly designed corridors till you are brought in to a pretty simple dining room by comparison to most of what you've seen with a long table set with five places. And in there already by a a small bar, you see Roland. Ah, Belinda, Scriv, Akiva, come in, come in, come in. Just uh, awkwardly shake his hand. He shakes it back. I'll shake his hand normally. I give him a hug. He hugs you back. He offers you some juice that they have there. Scriff, 
Akiva, drink? There's several different bottles. What is the oldest looking bottle they have? I'll have some mead. So looking at the bottles, there is an uh, elven wine that's there that looks pretty old. If they're offering it. As soon as you mention it, he will pour you a glass of wine from a bottle that just says Falan wine. Taste it. It is very fruity, and you get a very light you know, taste of alcohol. It's not very strong. It's very light. I f- have a feeling if I were more cultured, I would appreciate this more. For now, it tastes really good. Thank you. And Akiva, you're having ale? Yeah. He will pour you some ale. These are much nicer glasses than the usual mugs that you get. Well, your mother should be joining us in just a moment, so please sit, sit, sit. She'll want to hear all about your journey. Oh, I'm sure, and uh, probably the happenings of the past couple of days. Yes, you want to hear how all of you have done in your different competitions. I will hand signal Belinda. Opening. Communications. How much am I allowed to talk? You are a traveler. Okay. Talk about your time with Valen, the halfling village. Before that, you're just from a small town. They might figure it out, but we're not going to throw it out there. Okay. So we're all sitting at the table waiting for my mother to join us. It doesn't take long. Eventually, the doors open and you hear some conversations like, I am having dinner now. If you'll excuse me, I will be back momentarily. And in walks in a human woman, just shy five and a half feet tall, short, straight brown hair shaved on the left side with blue eyes, with smooth almond skin and a fairly muscular build. Currently, she is wearing a very finely crafted plate with some royal colors of the silver and red. (sighs) Belinda, how are you? It's good to see you. I am well, Mother. Thank you for inviting us to dinner. Of course. Think nothing of it. These are your friends? Yes, this is Scrivener Whitecliffe. Hello. Scrivener, a pleasure to meet you. She extends her hand to shake yours. I try to gracefully shake her hand. She has a very firm grip. I do not. Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Please, any friend of Belinda's. And you know his father? Paladin Whitecliffe, of course. He's done an amazing work for us out in the Eastern Expansion. Yes. How is your father? He's doing very well. Haven't spoken to him in some time, but it's good to hear. Yes. And this is Akiva Khonshu. Hi. Nice to meet you, General Walsingham. Shakes her hand. I will say, Akiva is a performer. He does street magic. Ah, well, no need to do that in here. Please, feel free. Relax. Take your mask off. It's hard to eat with a mask on. Oh, look at Belinda. She immediately looks to you, Belinda. Is there a reason he would not take his mask off? He prefers to remain anonymous in that sense. Just operate with a name. Belinda, she gives you another look. Slight eyebrow raise, like, really? Performers. I've been told I can be a bit eccentric at times. Please, sit. We should have the dinner brought in in just a moment. She sits, and... So, I hear that you uh, left the Empire went to Amaran. How are your travels there? Well, uh, overall, I thought the city was nice, and we enjoyed seeing the sights, visiting Arborshade Academy. Yes, and how was that? Anything of interest there, out that way? There was a bit of a, a to-do one night. Indeed. Some undead arrived, but it was quickly dealt with. They're very efficient. Glad to hear that. There has been an increase in undead activity to the south and to the southeast. I'm not sure why, but... Yes. The constable of the city, Constable Marsk, I don't know if you've heard her name, but I was hoping you would have. I thought she was extremely professional and perhaps could be in a larger role. Marsk? Olga Marsk. You recall her grandmother? No, I don't call. Should I? Her grandmother was in the city. She was actually under the 
service of the Vremer Empire for some time. Captain of the Guard. Oh. She was uh, relieved of her duties and eventually left. Was there some sort of scandal? There was belief that she allowed an incursion into the city. Now, if I recall the proceedings that happened after that, she was found to not be completely of her own mind. However, the concern was, of course, that someone who could have their mind controlled in such a way should not be put in charge as captain of the guard. Whatever happened to her? That Marsk left Orenthal. Beyond that, I'm not sure where she went. Well, regardless, I thought this Marsk was very talented and effective and professional. You feel she could provide a good service to the Empire? Would you not agree, Scriv? Constable Marsk was very efficient in deploying her forces against a superior foe. Superior? In what way? Undead are not necessarily superior. They have no tactics. There appears to have been someone coordinating the attack. Furthermore, they were attacking suddenly. It was an ambush. How do undead suddenly attack a city? From the water. Ah, they rose up. Were they raised by a necromancer? Is that who was leading them? Unsure. They had a number of spellcasters with them, so it's definitely possible. While you're talking, the doors open, and in walks a few servants of the castle, who bring in a large fillet of fish. You see also several legs of lamb, a large breaded chicken breast. Many foods are placed on the table. Plates are placed before all of you. Were you expecting more people than just us? No. I simply wanted to make sure that you had whatever you wished before you. Thank you. I haven't seen you in some time, Belinda. It's true. It's been a while. Indeed. So, this attack occurred, and this Constable Marsk was able to repel it with great haste. Yes, she was very effective in coordinating and in directly attacking the threat herself where necessary. Would she have any issues of moving over to the Vremer Empire? As of right now, Amaran is not part of the Vremer expansion. No, but I think her loyalty was to her job, not to the city. I will see into this Constable Mars. We're always looking for good commanders. I think your time will not be wasted, and I appreciate it. Absolutely. I'll look into her myself. Hand signal. Yes, opening communication to Scriff. Do we talk about Zolas? I think we have to. When we were hired, we were told to keep it under the table. She's going to ask why we went there. If she does any digging, they're going to find out. Especially if she talks to Marsk. Yeah, I think we should go ahead and... But we can downplay our role in uncovering the information he had. Oh boy. All right, let's try to downplay that. Okay. So we actually were, were on a job going to Amara. And what job was this? Some sort of escort mission. Anyone of an import? Oh, he was this uh, alleged pirate named Zolus, but... Really? Yes, but he just appeared to be a mundane ship captain. <laughs> Interesting. And you were escorting him where? To Amaran? From Amaran. From Amaran. Yes, to here. So, a ship captain from Amaran who was alleged to be a pirate is now currently in Orenthal. There's no concern of that? Looks at you, Belinda. No, I don't think so. He's certainly no threat to the city. I mean, at best, he would be a pirate with no crew. At worst, he's just a ship captain who someone went to talk to. Very well. Why would someone from Orenthal want to speak with a ship captain? Some old history. It didn't seem like our business, so we tried not to ask too many questions. I'm after all deception, aren't I? Yeah. 20. So, Akiva. Yes. What sort of entertaining do you do? A bit of song and dance, if you will. You dance? What sort of dances? A bit of blade dancing, while at the same time, I know... A bit of formal ballet. Fascinating. Where did you learn? Halflings. <laughs> I stayed with a group of halflings for quite a while. 
And where was this at? The town of Brittle Hollow. Oh, that is within the Vremer expansion. Northwest of where we are, I believe. Yes. And then I traveled for a while with our other traveling compatriot who isn't here at the moment. Valen Blackwater. Valen Blackwater. I've heard of him. Yes. Oh, you really have heard his name. He goes around. He has worked with the Red Men several times. His name's been spoken of on occasion. Oh. Done odd jobs here and there. Surprised you had that information so readily uh, on the top of your mind. She just smiles a little bit as she looks at you, Belinda. How long has she been watching us? You know, it's just interesting. I know a lot of names uh, pass in front of you on reports and such, so I just wondered if there was anything particular that had caught your eye. He's just been around for quite some time, doing odd jobs here and there, uh, occasionally dealing with undead, from what I've heard. He does do that very well. Supposedly a... she kind of like closes her eyes for a moment, thinking paladin, I believe? Yes, yeah, he does follow a deva. Interesting. Uh, but he is... you said away for now? He's off in contemplation. And what of you, Akiva? What brought you to the halfling village? Sort of wandering. I got displaced from my family for bandits, but that's where I ended up. Bandits attacked your home. He doesn't like to speak of it. It's it's a very emotional subject for him. My apologies. Where was this at, might I ask, uh, Akiva? Were you from the Vimmer Empire? Mother, please. My apologies. The mask is disconcerting. That's understandable. I've been told it's a coping mechanism I have. We grew up with uh, another family, the Dons. They were a farmer over in Brittle Hollow. Don't give her any more details. Details lead to more information. Information leads to uncovering lies. Keep it general, not specific, and just be sad. I don't know the Dons, but I apologize that I've been interrogating you. It comes with the territory. That is what I assumed. But please, your journey from Amaran then was pleasant? Uneventful? Well, we did stop by Veripol. Oh, yes. How was your time there with the White Cliffs? It was very pleasant. Yeah, I thought it was lovely. We went to see a show. It was awful. <laughs> was it... And she looks over at Akiva. No, 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 not Akiva's show. Ah. It was a local actor named Bistan. I have never heard of this Bistan. He's a hack. Ah, so he's not leaving Veripol anytime soon. Excellent. Sad for Veripol, yes. Just, you know, if you hear someone talking about one of his shows, be sure to uh, correct them on their taste. He sounds the type that his hair grows through his hood. Quite. <laughs> I'm having some of the, the lamb, by the way. What is Akiva eating? The lamb. What is Scriff having? Soup. There's fish! I will try it. So, Father, did you, you tell Mother about your shocking win at Cataclysm? Well, I mean, shocking, yes. No one expected it. And she's like, yes, your father did regale me with the stories of his victory. Scriff also competed? Yes, you competed against Roland, I heard. Did admirably. Yeah, but I still have a lot to learn, tactically. You're a uh, strategist of sorts. For games, yeah. Roland is always looking for a uh, challenge every so often in Cataclysm. I'm sure the two of you would get along quite well with that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying again next year. He's been playing a lot of people around the country. Really? What sort of people have you been competing against? Associates of my father. Just people that he met and that knew how to play the game. Really? So you've been playing some skilled competitors. That's that's impressive. Yeah, just step by step to improve. So, um, how have things been? Busy, as usual. Let's say anything of interest that I can discuss. Well, with a, a festival going on, we've had to extend hours for most of the guards moving around. Most of them are on duty. Not many are off duty at any given time. Making sure that the brawls are staying within the arenas and not in the streets. That's been rather difficult at times. 
have a few forces down in the low hills to make sure nothing gets out of hand there, though most of the competitions are happening in the Gold Pill Gardens. Yes, we're keeping things uh, ordered, well-maintained. I'm proud of what our forces are doing. I would like to speak with you after dinner at some point privately, if I may. Of course, of course. But there is something Scrib wanted to bring to your attention that we discovered on our return trip from Veripol. I'm going to finish my very nice glass of elven wine. While we were traveling, we came across a cavern that was just in the wilds, and we investigated because we heard a scream, and in our investigations we found that there was a laboratory that was being staffed by a press gang. We managed to recover one of the people who had been impressed, and I was just wondering if you had any influence on perhaps sending guards to investigate further. Where is this laboratory? Exactly. At this point, Scriv is nervous enough that he will probably start sk- sketching on whatever piece of paper is available. If you start looking around, she reaches into a pack she has and pulls out and starts looking through some paper and hands you one that's uh, blank. I begin sketching out a an area map. She'll take a look. I have some forces sent out that way. And then this press gang. Do you know anything else about them? Where they operate from? Where they're based out of? Uh, any information at all? Hand signal to Belinda. Do we tell her about the Whispered Ones? No, no, not in front of my father. Wait, what? We have the name of the the guy. We know where their operations are. That's what they really need. The Whispered Ones thing I think is totally secondary. They're just the people providing the exploited people to, you know, be experimented on. I think that's good. So we don't tell them about the Whispered Ones, but we do tell them about the location. Okay. The leader of their operation is a man named Branham, and... The base of operations, as far as we know, is located here, and I'll make a mark on the map, in a place called... Chorton's Ridge. Thanks. That's a river town. Branham. Branham Torrin is what uh, the girl... T- it was a it was a young girl that we rescued. Uh, she's currently staying at the Temple of Adar, no recovery, but she was able to provide us this information. If you could provide... I mean, if it's not too much trouble. This is very important. Yes, of course. I don't want any of these press gang anywhere near the Empire. None of us do. It's despicable. I feel like I have heard the name before. I think he was mostly running the gang out of Amaron for some time. The reports were sent out of him once he, he left there, but... Chorton's Ridge. I'll speak with who I need to to get some soldiers sent out there, search the area, see if they can find anything. Thank you. We are willing to help in whatever way we can as well. We just, you probably have better information and sources than our single person. Would the young girl be willing to speak about what happened, or is she... Not sure. I believe, but, you know, it it really, it just happened. We wanted to stop by the temple in the next couple days, though, so I feel like we could ask her if she'd be comfortable with it. The more information that our people know about what happened and what was being planned, the more that I can give our soldiers. I'll do what I can to... Find some information on this press gang and on Branham, and probably search this lab as well. Thank you. And then I'm going to delicately get some wine. So, Father was, I can only use the word bragging, about Cecil to my friends here when we came to the shop the other day. I was not bragging. I was simply telling them the amazing things that he was coming up with. I would have never thought of anything like some of the designs that he t- tells us about. She just gives a look. That is bragging, Roland. Well, I know... You know, someone of his skill is rare, but there are some people in Orenthal also who are pretty talented at the mechanical, you know, sort of artifacts. 
Yes, there are several uh, artificers of note in the Vermer Empire. It's a shame that your brother didn't stay within the Empire. He could have done much, but he got bored with what they could teach him here. I'm sure he'll return one day. Yes, once he's learned everything he can and made the most fantastic items. Who would say? Would you say is working on the most interesting projects right now? You know I don't tend to keep in a lot of touch with the artificers. I'm sure you know who Cecil's mentioned in his letters. How else does Father know all these things to brag about? Why the interest in artificers in the city, Belinda? I just realized I hadn't really kept up and I've fallen behind. Is there anyone he's mentioned, Father? He did talk about a Salvador at one point. He called him a hack. Everyone does. You know, he mentioned an Isaacs at one point. Isaac? Huh. Interesting. He does uh, similar work to Cecil? Yeah, he's, he's an artificer, I think. Yes, Isaac. Havenblade? I'm sorry, I feel like I've fallen so far behind what's really going on these days. Beyond the festival, which has just sort of taken over everything. Yes, that has taken up a lot of time recently. Festivals are always rather busy for, for the guards of the city, but they're good for everyone. They're enjoyed. I think otherwise. It was a pretty good trip. I'm glad to hear it. Well, what are your plans next, Belinda? How long are you uh, going to be staying with us in the city? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. Scriv has a, an artifact from his, his mother. It's part of a research project. I was hoping to go visit Solana to get some more information. The academy over in Amaran wasn't very forthcoming with results. Well, perhaps Oxiara's here can be of better assistance to you. They have a wide library. There's also Catherine has a massive collection of books of her own, and from my understanding, Henrietta has quite the library herself. She does. We're hoping to get to spend some time reading and going through sources and such. That would be nice, yes. Perhaps you can find everything that you need within the city walls, even. Not needing to travel all the way out to Solana. That is quite the journey. Yes, but I don't know. I feel like I need to go there. Why do you feel the need to go to Solana? Something calling you there? Well, no, it's because I've never been. I've been all over the Vermer expansion, but Solana's something I haven't seen yet. Same thing for Amaran, same thing for Orenthal. Well, hopefully our good city shows you just how good a life you can have within the Vremer Empire. We've tried to do well by all of our citizens, and uh, I'm sure Roland has many stories he can tell you of Solana. He just nods like, absolutely. Just whenever I get a chance off of work and all of that, but be happy to sit and tell you all about it. I'd like that. My mother's not a big fan of going to places outside of the Empire. I don't understand the need to go outside the Empire. We have what you need within Orenthal itself. If you need extra open space, we have been expanding, and we're always looking for continued expansion of our borders. So is there anything else you want to talk about with Rose specifically during the dinner? I suppose we could just chit-chat about what's going on with the political scene, which family has screwed over another family, who's in, who's out. Overall, she'll tell you... There's been so much drama with the Bucktons, who would be the next in line to the throne, beyond the royal family, and, oh, the Cheddingtons. They're always thinking themselves so much higher than they actually are. They're not one of the main eight families. She also comments, like, there's rumor that the Ashglades recently, like, found something important or someone. And that is where we're going to leave this episode for today. Thank you all for listening. Please share this with your friends and follow us on Twitter at Rules As Written or check out our website, dndraw.com. And feel free to email any questions to the DM at dm at dndraw.com. Also subscribe and leave us a review or comment anywhere podcasts are found. And please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash dndraw. Have a great day. Mm-hmm.